welcome to the Bibliophile Adventures podcast. Podcast by book lovers for book lovers about, yeah, you guessed it, about books that they love. Or at least about books that they find interesting or have read and want to talk about. Um, this one in particular that I'm going to be looking at today is one that's near and dear to my heart. And uh, have a long history with it. I'll get into what it is in a minute, but I want to begin by saying thank you to Michael from Germany for continuing to put out excellent episodes about books that he finds interesting that he loves that he finds mentally interesting and stimulating and sharing them with us especially lately the ones about michael moorcock's nomad in the time stream that have been really really great learning about that and i've definitely uh put that trilogy on my lookout for list to try to snag up a good copy um and to read eventually along with several other of Michael Moorcock's books, especially the Elric series that I have actually dipped my toes into and have enjoyed and uh, look forward to reading more of that. Uh, This episode, however, I am kind of going to change things up a little bit. We're going to slip from one genre to another, I suppose you could say. Uh, A lot has been focused on fantasy and sci-fi with this series um it's not all we've talked about though we don't want to get pigeonholed in just being that because i i want this podcast to be about what anybody that participates wants to share about we've had some wonderful episodes about hp lovecraft we've had episodes about uh ancient religious or philosophical texts we've had uh russell brand and his uh book on recovery um, by Adam S.L., host of the Retro Reprise podcast. Um, so, yeah. But today we're going to go to the Old West, uh, in Texas, and the uh, cattle drives up the to the north, driving longhorn steers and cattle, and up to supply the ranches and hungry people up north. We're going to be taking a look at uh, one of the greatest writers Texas has produced. And his name is Larry McMurtry. The book, or rather books, I'm actually going to tackle four books. The the first book was Lonesome Dove, the first book in the series. And it came out in 1985. 1985, if you want to look back, was actually a particularly wonderful year for publishing. Uh, There are so many classic and wonderful books that were came out and i guess every year is a good year for publishing because every year great books are being written and and published and read by book lovers but this one if you look at the some of the more popular books from that year starting out just with orson scott cards ender's game uh came out and was released gabriel garcia marquez the great colombian writer uh released love in the time of cholera the Polar Express came out by, by Chris Van Allsburg. And Rice's uh, second book in the Vampire Chronicles, Vampire Lestat, came out. Read that one. Uh, John Irving's lovely book, The Cider House Rules. Margaret Atwood's. Very well known now, thanks to the TV series, as if it wasn't already respected enough. The Handmaid's Tale came out in 85. Carl Sagan had Contact. 
Stephen King released Skeleton Crew and Tyler, the Accidental Tourist, which, while well, I never saw, read the, read the book, the, I loved the movie. Vonnegut had a book out that year, Less Than Zero by Brett Easton Ellis. And the list goes on and on. And I'm sure I could look at every year and say the same thing, but it was a particularly wonderful year. And especially because despite all of those books, two very, very important books were released that year by two of my very favorite writers and both touch on similar part in American history. They go about it. They're both very different writers, um, but they're both worthy to be read in their own rights. Um, one is, as I've said, Larry McMurtry's book and his book, Lonesome Dove, which we'll get into a little bit how what he was attempting to do was to do a more honest portrait, to take the Western and make it a more honest revelation of what life was like in the Texas and the American West in the 1860s and 70s, and to demythologize this story that we've been passed on for years and years, especially in, in Western literature, the Western genre of books, and in, of course, TV series and movies dealing with the West, and show it in a more human way. And uh, we'll, as we'll get into a little bit, we'll hear, uh, or I'll quote him saying how he's kind of disappointed that all he did was create a new mythology. Um, but it is a wonderful book. I want to talk about it. I'm going to talk a little bit. And But another book that I want to talk about that came out the exact same year is a book that McMurtry says is a f- okay book. It's the great book, Blood Meridian by Cormac McCarthy. Genius author Cormac McCarthy. Some people don't necessarily agree with me on this, and that's fine. I don't really care. For me, he is one of the great writers that I've ever had the joy of of reading, and uh, I'll, I'll look into it, uh, doing an episode on one of his books or a lot of his books at one point. His book is extremely bleak. I warn people before I recommend it. Um, be careful if you if you've got a if you've got a, a lot of anxiety or you get nervous or you can't deal with a, a horror. The real horror, the the greatest horror, is something that's always based in reality, and and they based that book in reality. And so, yeah, it's got some really awful things in it, but it's written beautifully. As a friend who's going through it said, it said it said it's not exactly uplifting, but the the language is so 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 darned beautiful the way he crafts the story and tells it and but again some people say it's awful and can't stand his writing to each their own i recommend it uh more on blood meridian a little bit because mcmurtry also touches on some of the characters as coincidentally actual historical characters in blood meridian and in his and one of the other books but i want to talk about first lonesome dove uh, the first novel, and then I'll go briefly into the books that, that he had one sequel and two prequels that basically sum up the lives of the two main protagonists of of Lonesome Dove. But first, as I want to do, I want to go over just a little bit about Larry McMurtry himself 
Um, most people probably know him um, if they recognize his name, if they aren't a reader of books as we are and know who he is through just through his books. Um, they probably know him from his uh, film credits and from screenplays that he's done. Um, he, he's been writing for over 50 years, over 30 novels. Um, plots range from, like I said, the Old West. He has done many set in contemporary Texas, meaning anywhere from the 60s Houston to um, a small town comedy set in the modern day. Um, his first three books were immediate classics set in uh, a fictionalization of his hometown of Archer City that was called Thalia in the books. And then afterwards, into they were turned into movies. Um, he's written over 40 teleplays and screenplays. He actually was commissioned to write uh, a screenplay for Hunter S. Thompson's Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. It was never produced, but he got paid for it, which is a nice one of the nice things about screenwriting. You can write it, and, and it's kind of sad, I guess, that it never gets to see the light of day and on the screen. But hey, it's, it's a living's a living, and uh, if you ever get a chance to see Larry McMurtry on an interview or on television or even in person, which is an option. I have seen him once. Um, and I just said hello and walked by cause I didn't want to bother the man because he strikes me as a gentleman that appreciates his privacy. And I respect that. Um, he has a novelist. He's a screenwriter. He's written memoirs. He's written over 14 books of nonfiction, wonderful books on short, brief biographies of like a crazy horse and of Custer and, uh, other little books on history. He has like about five books that you guess you could consider a collection all together. It's just his life and these little brief stories that he tells about uh, certain subjects. Um, but he was born in uh, June 3rd, 1936 in Archer City, Texas, not far from where I'm sitting right now. Um, he grew up in a house that had no books until when he was a young child. Uh, a relative stopped by on his way to joining up to to serve in World War II and dropped off a book a box of books that had 19 books and uh Larry McMurtry's love affair with books began then uh recently he uh was visited by uh, I guess it's 2016 there's an article where a journalist goes to visit McMurtry in Archer City where he currently splits his time living between Tucson and, and Archer City he has a large bookstore that covers a couple of buildings over 400,000 500,000 books in the in the bookstore of secondhand and rare books um more definitely more books in the town than people it's a small small town um out on the edge of the the divide between the cross timbers and the great plains where the great plains actually start in uh, north central texas so anyway a reporter visited him to do a special piece on him i believe it was for texas monthly and one of the things mcmurtry told him um, describing what it was like living out there and still to in his perspective 
It's like basically he said, you know, people have no idea how empty the world is out here. They un- don't understand its bleakness. And to which the reporter said, yet you keep coming back. And he said, yes, I, I keep coming back. I admit I always do. Um, I, I, growing up in a similar um, small rural area in the same part of the world, I recognize and identify with McMurtry and how he must have felt being a bookish kid growing up in the world of ranch hands and cowboys and um, the end of an era as far as it was the cowboy times um, and the books, how he, I can identify with the exhilaration he had when he got those first stories and he and to quote him again, he said he started reading everything he could get when he would ride go like when he got to high school and he'd go to Fort Worth for a track meet. If he had time, he'd make he'd jump on a bus, go downtown to find a bookstore and just pick up what he could. Um, he read everything from Don Quixote to Madame Bovary. Uh, just he just read and read and read. And he, one of the quotes I have of his is anything I could get my hands on, I'd read. And this is the next quote, part of the quote is what I really identify with is reading took me away at least for a little while from the drabness of Archer City. And, you know, somehow after a brief stint at Rice University, where uh, a little uh, bad luck with a math class after which taking, he uh, realized he probably should go somewhere else. Um, so he went to University of North Te- Texas or what is now the North University of North Texas, back then it was North Texas State College um, in Denton, Texas, and that was also closer to his home, and that's where he started getting into writing. Uh, he ended up getting to take a Stegner uh, fellowship at Stanford in the in sixty sixty one, and that's he Stegner wasn't actually there at the time, but he got to study under uh, great writers like Malcolm Cowley and Frank O'Connor. Uh, and a couple of other writers that were in the same uh, year with him was Ken Kesey, who he became friends with, Peter S. Beagle, the fantasy great, a fantasy legend, writer, author of The Last Unicorn, um, and some other writers. Um, and, you know, the next thing you know, he's off in publishing, and he hasn't slowed down since. Um, I'm going to go briefly through a few of the I I'm not going to I'm not going to go through every movie he's written and every book he's written but I will here's some of my highlights of some of my personal favorites let's hey, let's do it that way maybe um and eventually I uh, will get to Lonesome Dove and I might actually have to make this a two-part episode we'll see how it goes and maybe this will be the introduction to Larry Murtry in the next episode we'll actually look at the four books of, of Lonesome Dove because I'm not going to get too spoilery in them um, I just want to talk about what hits for those books and why I think they're special um, his first book was Horseman Pass By and that was adapted into a Paul Newman movie called HUD um, his next book and then Horseman Pass By came out in 61 1963 Leaving Cheyenne which is a wonderful book Wonderful book. He was made into a not so great movie called Love and Molly. And then 1966, The Last Picture Show came out. And both of those movies, the movie HUD and Last Picture Show, were 
I think they could be considered pretty good hits, pretty sizable hits. And, um, and they're, and they're, and there's for good reason. And we'll talk about a little bit why Hollywood came to him so quickly is because his writing translates so easily to the screen because of the way he writes. Um, the characters are so strong in his books. The dialogue is so captivating in his books. He, it, it, and the flow of the story seems to go so smoothly and effortlessly, which if it seems like it's easy, it, you know, it's probably not. Um, and, and storytelling this with the smoothness between which he can jump from one character or perspective or time to another and then back again. Uh, when you're reading a book by Larry McMurtry, you know, you're in the hands of a real master. Um, he, even though, as I've seen pictures of him and it's the story passed around how he used to wear a t-shirt or sweatshirt with the words minor regional novelists printed on it. And people say, well, wow, you, you, everybody praises you for being such a great writer. I said, eh, I, I'm, I'm really, let's be real. I'm just a minor regional novelist. You know, I mean, when he's looking at it, he explains it that it's not, and it's not so bad to be a minor regional novelist because most people would die to be a minor regional novelist. I know I would. When he's comparing himself, he's not comparing himself to everybody that's writing books from the time he started writing to now. He's comparing his books to the truly greats, the classics that he grew up reading and loving. Um, Tolstoy, Dostoevsky, uh, uh, the author of Middlemarch, um, George Eliot. Those are the great, those are great writers to him. And he's happy if in the long run, he's still read as a minor regional novelist um, in comparison to the works that uh, these other people have put out through through history and time and they're still put writing out. And, uh, and you know, for, for just the first three books alone, are are just such wonderful stories. They're each a look in post World War II Texas in the fifties, and I, I don't know if they get to the sixties or not, but it's mostly in the fifties, and just what it was like. And he shared an honest, bleak, not bleak necessarily, but he showed an honest portrait of what life was like. So much so that when the movie was made, he was not necessarily a favorite person. <laughs> Archer City's favorite son and wasn't looked upon that greatly because he, by telling stories and taking some apparently from some things he actually had happened growing up, um, he didn't actually make Archer City look that good or Texas look that good. And that's one of the things I respect about the man. Very unsentimental about his own work. His work is his work. He's a writer. He writes. He doesn't go back and reread. He doesn't go back and look at his own work. I asked about, have, had he ever read Lonesome Dove again? He says, no, I don't because I've got other things to write. And if I go back and dwell on that, I'm not spending the time doing what I need to be doing. So and he's very unsentimental about Texas. He's very unsentimental. The reason he wrote Lonesome Dove was, like I said, to demythologize. Every cowboy rode a horse, wasn't a great rider, wasn't a great rover. They weren't necessarily brave. <laughs> they weren't able to shoot 
another person riding at full gallop with a pistol. Most of them probably weren't even good, decent shots at all. And he, he, that's what he was trying to show. But anyhow, but he's not sentimental about it. He, and he sees people as they are. Um, uh, sometimes he seems a little bit, I think he's a little bit playful. If you watch interviews with him where he talks about things, he's, he seems a little bit like a little bit curmudgeon. And like I said, I, I had the chance to meet him one time is in his bookstore is very, very cold. I believe it's a February and there was no heating in the bookstore. One of the bookstores is in an old car dealership and some of the books are back in the old part that would be garage, the garage and it's not heated. And he was back there. He had just bought an entire bookstore and was pricing each book one at a time. And I walked through and, oh, my God, here's my hero, Larry McMurtry, with a scarf around his neck, wearing a, a nice heavy coat and blue jeans and boots with a pencil and picking up one box at, book at a time out of a box and perusing it and pricing it. And uh, he was kind enough to say, hello. And I said, hello. And I went on my way, like I said. Um, but he seems like a person of that is from all accounts. He's of great intellect. He's curious about the world. And so if you are curious about the world and you are honest, you're, he, he, he's not, he was, he's never really been out to paint, um, the bigger than life story of things, but he is also a storyteller and we'll get into some of the things. Um, even though he knows history, he also doesn't care if for fiction's purposes he can completely changes it and uh, that's the difference between his writings for historical pieces and his fiction and when we eventually get to the part about actual books i will be touching on the fact that do not read these books in anticipation of getting an education of actual historic events or facts there are historical people in the books there are things that kind of happened but like i said he he'll he'll take somebody that lived until they were certain age and uh (laughs) have them murdered in the street and and it's known that they lived a much longer time but again i digress Um, he's got several standalone novels. Um, some of the ones I like that, that are, uh, he has a fictionalized, uh, story about Billy the Kid called Anything for Billy. That's a really nice book. There's also Buffalo Girls, which is about a, um, loosely based on the life of Calamity Jane. Um, he's written a book about Pretty Boy Floyd with his writing partner, Diana Osana. Um, Let's see some of the other highlights. He's written um, books like The Desert Rose, The Late Child, and The 83 and 95. Those came out. There's a series that uh, I mentioned, The Last Picture Show. Well, he can tear, he continued on one of the characters, uh, Dwayne Moore. Um, and he followed in 1966 is when The Last Picture Show was written. And uh, he waited several years. And then in 1987, he came up with Texasville, which was a movie. Then in 1999, he published Dwayne's Depressed, which was a really nice little book where he's following this character, like I said, Dwayne, through his life over the years. And uh, 
that's where I learned about Proust, Marcel Proust, and uh, and Remembrance of Things Past, and that long, long series, and and uh, he's even continued it on in his books, 2007, The When the Light Goes, and then 2009's Rhino Ranch. Those, I'll recommend the first three. I don't necessarily recommend those two. Um, I, I didn't really enjoy those that much, but no, that's just me. Um, he's got a books called uh, that are set in the Houston area, and he was able to write about that with great um, vigor and believability because he lived in Houston. Um, there's moving on. All my friends are going to be strangers, and uh, Terms of Endearment, which became a huge film, um, won lots of awards for that. Um, several other books. And then, like I said, 1985, he did Lonesome Dove. It won the Pulitzer Prize for fiction in 1986. He followed it up with the other books I'll be talking about, 1993's Streets of Laredo, 1995's Dead Man's Walk, which is the first prequel set in the 1840s. And then there's 1997's Comanche Moon, which follows the Gus and Call uh, through their ranger career and some really other interesting, uh, some other really interesting characters that the book's almost more about them than it is about, than it is about the protagonist of the story. Uh, Barry Benner narratives, another Western series. Um, some of, uh, the best nonfiction I will recommend is 1968. He wrote some essays on Texas called in a narrow grave. I recommend his brief biography of Crazy Horse, Crazy Horse Alive, 1999. One of his, the books he's actually most proud of, um, while most people praise Lonesome Dove as one of the, the great novels written in the post-war, post-World War II era, especially about the American West, he's not that thrilled with it. He's, he says it's fine, but it's not that, that great a book. It didn't really accomplish what he wanted. But the book he really loves is Walter Benjamin at the Dairy Queen, Reflections on 60 and Beyond, that came out in 1999. And this is the first of a series of books that he writes some about his life, just essays about things he's been interested in through the years. Um, that was followed up by Rhodes, Driving America's Great Highways. That was in 2000. Then he did Paradise in 2002. And then Books, A Memoir, came out in 2008 that's a really nice one because he spent majority of his life he's also been a bookseller selling books hunting books he has a <laughs> in one interview he goes to a shelf in his house he has twenty eight thousand books in his own house that he lives in in addition to the four or five hundred thousand books that he owns at um in Archer City at his store and he also still owns the house that he grew up in that was a bookless house and he's filled every room of that bookless house with books. Um, does the guy like books? Yeah, and you can see why I have an affinity and I, I, I keep talking about them. Uh, ordinarily, I'd like to keep the talking about the author to, to just to a brief introduction and focus mostly on the work. But this guy, I mean, he's a book lover's book lover. So let's, we'll give him a little bit more, more time. Um, just because I can't stop myself from, admiring him and his work um another really good book is called literary life 2009 and that's where he talks about how he came up in the world and 
the stories behind his different books. For instance, Lonesome Dove began as a screenplay he was working on with Peter Bogdanovich, the director, who had directed uh, the early movies about uh, uh, some of uh, some of uh, McMurtry's books. And the idea was John Wayne, Jimmy Stewart, and Henry Fonda would have major roles. Two of them would be Gus and Call, and uh, one of the others would end up being another character. And that just didn't ever happen. And you learn stories like that from that book. Another great book he wrote was a brief history about Custer. He's written, has some a collection of essays called Sacagawea's Name. Oh gosh, and I'm I'm just I should probably stop here. I will bring up the fact he won the Oscar with Diana Osana for adapting uh, the screenplay of E. Annie Proust's short story Brokeback Mountain. And they won the Oscar for uh, that movie, that film, that screenplay in 2005. So he's so he's a guy that's won a Pulitzer for the, lo- no, the novel Lonesome Dove, and he's won an Oscar for Brokeback Mountain, uh, which you know is about two uh, two sexually conflicted modern day cowboys um, that are in love. Um, uh, some some people compare him to Dickens. Some people compare him to Faulkner. Um, it's said that Norman Mailer, who I don't think he's a guy that gave out much praise, once said that he's too good. Explain when he was explaining why he didn't read McMurtry's novels, because he said if I start reading him, I start writing like him. And. That's pretty high praise. Yeah. We'll just leave it at that. Uh, Michael Corda, uh, a longtime publisher of McMurtry's at Simon Schuster, um, jokingly refers to McMurtry as the Flaubert of the Plains. Um, said he's an unusual phenomenon in American writing. He came out of the gate to use the rodeo terminology with a remarkable ability to write about women and an absolutely sure eye for the bleak landscape of small town Texas in the isolated ranches of the Panhandle, as well as the history of the West. He came with a perfectly developed sense of place, which gave all his fiction a deep, solid bedrock. But he was able to put women in a landscape as no other Western writer ever has. And he did it in his very first novel with the sure touch of a mature artist. And that is one something that you can I can commend him on for his writing is women characters. They're strong and they're not. There's not this little. uh while there is a, there are circumstances where you'll see in Lonesome Dove where a woman needs rescuing, the toughness of that woman, the fact that she even endures the thing that happened to her, McMurtry makes that very clear. And um, usually, in fact, most of the strongest characters that stand out are the are the women in in his books. So, I think I've rambled on enough. I haven't even touched on all the books he's written. I haven't touched on. Um, all the things I had planned on talking about him. But, uh, you know, if you're interested, just go uh, 
uh, go go look on go to YouTube and check out some uh, like a, he he made an appearance in Dallas a few years back where he was being uh, interviewed by Skip Hollingsworth and uh, that kind of shows you the uh, the unsentimental nature of the man he's a he's a writer who writes and he doesn't take anything too seriously but I think I like that in the fact that he's actually I think he's a little he's 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 always he can say some pretty harsh things, but I think he also likes, uh, how do they say it over across the pond? Um, he enjoys taking the piss out of people. He, uh, yeah, he is, he is what he is. And you don't have to be best friends with a writer. And it's, and it's normally better to just ignore the fact that, uh, a lot of the details of somebody's life. But, uh, he's just been such a darn enjoyment and provided so much entertainment and, and, and I've learned a lot from him over the years. So all these books, it's like I, I told you by reading a book about a Texas oil man, I learned about the great work of literature by Marcel Proust and went and tracked them down. I, uh, one of the books that he says is like his favorite book is, uh, I think he said Tolstoy is his favorite writer, and he, I think Anna Karenina is the book that, uh, I think he considers it probably the best book by Tolstoy that are War and Peace. And so, being the obsessive person I am, I immediately, I had opportunity to, to, uh, once I finished reading the last, the four Lonesome Dove books recently, again, at least second or third time I've read, it's, a, it's probably the third time I've read Lonesome Dove. It's the second time I've read the other books in the series. Uh, I had seen this this interview where he was praising the, the Tolstoy. So I'm like, man, that's a big book, but it's not much bigger, or if it is any bigger than Lonesome Dove, so I might as well try it. And immediately, after the first chapter, I immediately saw where McMurtry gets his writing style. He sits at a typewriter and does five to ten pages a day. A Hermes 3000. That's how he writes. Um, and he, I'm not going to say he's copying the style of Tolstoy, but he tells a story like Tolstoy does. And that's really high praise considering how great Tolstoy is as a writer. That's where there's this almost effortless ability to have a story when you start a story and you're talking about a guy talking to two pigs and the next thing you know you're 10 years earlier and another time and place with some other people and then you're back then you're right back to where the guy's sitting on the porch talking to pigs and he does it in a way that it just carries you along so beautifully um and like I said, I'm not going to compare him as a writer to Cormac McCarthy, but I will say their writing styles are different. Um, part of the reason, in one way, Lonesome Dove, with, with Lonesome Dove, McMurtry sought, set out to, to demythologize the West, to show it as it really was. Part of the reason, as he would say, it, it fails in doing that because it creates a new mythology is he's such a good writer he, and he's such a good storyteller. And even in the bleakest of circumstances, he does show humanity with the capacity for love and humor and joy despite the harshness. And that's the, that was the whole point, I think, 
But again, I'm getting ahead of myself. McCarthy, on the other hand, just shows the world is just bleak and grim and doomed. And, you know, I think there's a place in the world for both McCarthy and McMurtry. And I think both books, both coming out in 1985, 1985 was significant. Um, because they're both looking at something that needed an honest look. And, uh, so I'm going to take a break now. I'm over 30 minutes and, uh, we'll see. Maybe I'll continue on actually looking at the books. Maybe I can drop, uh, talking about, uh, McMurtry. Cause I know once I get into Lonesome Dove and I'm not just looking at one book this time, I'm looking at, uh, four it's going to take me a little while to to get through this. So maybe I'm going to, we'll see. I'll come back and make a decision here pretty soon about if I'm going to release this as one episode uh, or split it into two. No, no. I'm just going to step up. I'm making the decision right now. This is um, just an introduction to Larry McMurtry. This episode is. And the next the next uh, episode will will begin actually looking at the books. So I hope I didn't bore people too much with um, Larry McMurtry <clears throat> talk. Um, like I said, he um, has been an important writer in my life. In fact, it was after reading the novel Leaving Cheyenne, I set the book down, and it, it was such a perfect reading experience, such a beautiful story, such a well-told story, and it's at that point in time, after reading that, and this is decades ago, I looked around, and I'm like, what do I read next to follow that up? And something just said, well, just tell your own story. So that's when I started writing myself. No. Like I said, I'd love to be a minor regional novelist. I've got pages and pages of stuff. Nothing comes close to McMurtry. Nothing comes close to McCarthy, and that's fine. Um, I've had... Uh, uh, opportunity to keep working on things that I, I want. And maybe someday I'll be a minor, minor, minor regional novelist. But it was that experience of reading McMurtry, hearing that voice in my head and seeing how he tells a story. And that's kind of where it all, my desire to be a writer came from. So yeah, this is the introduction to Larry McMurtry. Uh, just a prequel to the episode that I'm going to do when I focus on the actual series of books surrounding Lonesome Dove. Uh, I can see, um, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm probably going to do more episodes on, 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 on Larry McMurtry books in the future. Um, I have, uh, like I said, recently I, I, I re, uh, read the Crazy Horse biography, which is so well done. It's a really brief book. Uh, also the Custer one, which is another great one. Um, it's, it's um, and I've I've been I've read a lot of books. I've got a since September, I have gone through uh, several several titles that I hope to get back to. I'm gonna be get talking about another Texas author that I truly love, and has had an equally and probably a more profound impact on my life and worldview, and that is the author John Graves. I'm definitely gonna be do, talking about him in the future, and his writing and. And, uh, you know, how both of these guys that I've brought up just now 
they kind of play against the Texas stereotype, and for good reason, is because the stereotype is a stereotype and not necessarily the reality. And uh, I'm just thankful that they have uh, they have lived and have written and have been there for me to enjoy and uh, learn from. So let that be the end of this episode, introductory episode on Larry McMurtry. Soon, very soon, I will get into Lonesome Dove, the actual story, and um, a little bit more about that, and the sequel, Streets of Laredo, Dead Man's Walk, and Comanche Moon. So thanks for listening to Bibliophile Adventures, and uh, yeah, keep listening, keep reading, and uh, adios. Adios.